Father, all praise, honor, dominion, power, and glory be unto you, our most holy God. Your mercy, grace, and love surely endures forever. May each of us fully trust in you today. May we stand upon the truth of your word in a world that defies it at every single turn. In Jesus' name, amen. We read through the Bible, the Gospels, and we see how Jesus interacted with the government. I find that there is no need for Jesus to confront politics as the Son of Man. Why? Because he put them in power as the Son of God. And I believe we clearly see this in the exchange between Jesus and Pilate in John chapter 19, verse 9 through 11. And went again into the judgment hall and said unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then said Pilate unto him, Speakest not thou unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivereth me unto thee hath the greater sin. To hear again, Psalm twenty-two, twenty-eight: for the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. Charlie Murphy on Gab, who asked the question yesterday, I believe, on the episode of the, or the second of the three episodes in response to Christian nationalism, uh, he further inquires, what if you're a politician, should you execute your, your duties as a Christian? Why should Christians not try to live in a country that has God's word as its standard? I agree. We are to disciple the nations. We're to teach them everything Christ commanded. Should we not also disciple the lawmakers and judges? Should we not teach them that God's law is the only standard of morality by which men and nations should submit? And I responded uh, to Charlie with, If God called you to be a politician, then you are to be a politician. Why should have Jonah obey God and went to Nineveh? Have you shared the gospel with your neighbors on your street? Have you taught them everything? If you have not, I would start first with my home and our families, and then I would go from there. And then if God crosses your path with a lawmaker or a judge, of course, share the gospel with them and continue to disciple them if they will allow you to do so because we know that God did not create robots that are programmed to love him. We can't force this love upon anybody. All we can do is plant and water knowing that God will bring the increase as he sees fit. I saw a post from Andrew Torba. He says, please keep Pastor Isker and I in your prayers. The demons are not very pleased about the success of our book. We've been dealing with some serious spiritual attacks behind the scenes. Our only goal with this book was to glorify God, energize and inspire our brothers and sisters, and get everyone, Christians included, talking about Jesus. Pray specifically for rest. We need it. It's been a long couple of months. Now, I will continue to pray for Torba and Isker. May God's strength be with them. Uh, may his discernment uh, open their eyes and their heart as I would seek for my own life. However, just because there are some who point out the false thesis of this book, 
Although it is intermingled with the truth of Christ, which I have pointed out as well, this does not make a person a demon just because they oppose the thesis and the error that's found in this book. It is tactics like this that seem to be a ploy to further demonize dissenters of the Christian nationalist movement. Instead of repenting of the stolen dominion, and by words anyways concerning the nations, if not uh, the very act of itself, because we know that it cannot be stolen. But because of this, I will entitle today's episode, Dominion Theft, number 258. Now we read about this type of theft in the book of Samuel today. And God is on time all the time. But there was a poor man who owned one little ewe lamb, one little ewe lamb that he considered to be his own child, or he loved at least as his own child. Now this brings us back to our discussion on animals, because as you can see, some truly love their animals. Second Samuel 12.3, But the poor man had nothing, save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up. And it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drink of his own cup, and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. Now we had, I had a step-grandmother uh, that uh, came over for a visit at one point, and we put our plates and that on the floor so that the dogs can lick them. And my wife uh, seen the look on our step-grandmother's face as she was appalled by such, and she says, well, these are our dishwashers. All we have to do is put them back in the cupboard after this. Oh, oh, she was disgusted by it. But you can see here that these animals are obviously a part of this poor man's uh, family. Uh, this poor man, he minded it his own business. He loved his own flock. He loved this little ewe lamb. Yet he was robbed by a greedy man that thought he could take advantage of this poor man. Nathan told this story to David, who happened to take a man's wife and then put him in front of battle so that he could be killed. And he did this when he had so many concubines at his bidding. 2 Samuel 12, 5-7, And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man and said unto Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Then thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. Yet this is the way David responded initially. And he, and, and he says, because of this, the sword would never depart from David's house. So here we see that it's this faulty response that brings a sword to his house. Second Samuel twelve ten through 12. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from thy house, because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thy own house. 
And I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor. And he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son, for thou didst it secretly. But I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. So clearly David up to this point did not repent. His sin surely found him out. And then there was an evil that was raised up amongst his own people. Is it a coincidence that there is an uproar concerning uh, portions of this book concerning Christian nationalism and its thesis, and that there are people that are rising up even on the on within the gab uh, platform against it? But yet there's no repentance. There's a further demonization. Uh, further demonization. Now David could have called Nathan a demon. For calling him out. He could have further demonized him as he refused to repent. Numbers 32, 23 says, But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. David's sin found him out. But instead of demonizing Nathan, he repented. Second Samuel 12, 13 through 14, and David said unto him, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. So here we see God's forgiveness. But in verse 14, How bite? Because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. So because of David's sin, he invited the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme him and this is where this these types of un, this type of unrepentance goes but david was forgiven of the lord but the earthly consequences remained what is said is said what is written is written and we may be forgiven of those things but the sting as long as we are in this flesh uh, will will never go away the memory still exist and we know this as we interact with family friends etc and we say things that we shouldn't say and we may be forgiven for those things yet the sting still remains the memory still exists now David fasted and prayed that his child would not die in verse 16 David therefore besought God for the child and David fasted and went in and lay all night upon the earth but guess what? His child still died. Verse 18, And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died, and the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spake unto him, and he would not hearken unto our voice. How will he then vex himself if we tell him that his child is dead? But nevertheless, this was painful, obviously painful to David. But David accepted the will of God. And then instead of lashing out at the servants that told him the truth, he worshiped the Lord, even in his sorrow. Verse 20, then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Then he came to his own house. and When he required, they set bread before him and he did eat. Verse 22, and he said, while the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? So here we see that 
David was not attempting to thieve any more dominion than he has already stolen. He repented of that and he prays to God and says, Lord, if it be your will to be gracious to me that my child may live. Clearly, it was not the Lord's will that the child live. Uh, David accepted God's will. Now, I had left a three-hour-plus reply to Christian nationalism on my wall on Gab. And as another brother had implied, I have exhausted the rebuke at this point, And I agree with him. So I am going to continue to move on with our scheduled reading, and I will mention the topic as I see fit, as the Spirit leads, and I must speak as the Lord leads me, and I pray to only speak what he would have me to speak. So as for Gab, currently, I'm just going to continue to work for my Substack page, and I have an RSS feed to Gab, so people are welcome to interact with those posts if they choose. I do get an email notification if someone comments on those posts. And I may return to the platform if there is genuine repentance. But I'm not going to continue to uh, contribute to this platform as long as Christians are demonized for not bowing to this book. Because I bow to Christ. And I bow to his word. Now I will continue to pray for my brother's and sisters in Christ, knowing that we are all in different stages of growth. But regardless of where we're at in our faith, we should always have a heart of repentance. God, help us as we trust in him, knowing that Christ is king and God is the governor of the nations. But David repented because I believe that he understood how temporary this life is and that there is a new earth, heaven, and Jerusalem coming. The same visions that Ezekiel received in our reading. And with the many visions that he was given, he saw a temple that I will I believe will be upon this new earth. Ezekiel's given other visions, such as the final battle of Gog and Magog that will take place after the millennial reign of Christ. And it's uh with these visions that he's given sight of this new temple. After all of this uh, destruction and war, God brings peace. And that goes for you and I, my friends. We may go through a great battle in our life, but if we trust in the Lord, if we're willing to repent, there is going to be a new start for you and I. Ezekiel 42 through 4, in the visions of God, brought he me into the land of Israel and set me upon a very high mountain by which was as the frame of a city on the south and he brought me brought me thither and behold there was a man whose appearance was like the appearance of brass with a line of flax in his hand and a measuring reed and he stood in the gate and the man said unto me son of man behold with thine eyes and hear with thine ears and set thy heart upon all that I shall show thee for the intent that I might show thee unto thee art thou brought hither declare all thou thou that hast seen to the house of Israel. So he was to preach this vision and these things to come. Now, speaking of battles that you and I face and that continue to envelop and brew, I'm convinced that there are many 
sideline talks currently going on in the East right now in our day. I see a post from Disclosed.tv on Twitter that says China's Xi and Russians Putin meet on the sidelines of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization Summit in Samark Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan. And then there's another a post by RT that says Russia-Indian trade more than doubles, according to the Kremlin. So here I see that there are collaborations in the East. And all I'm saying, my friends, is that we as Christians, uh, we should collaborate and there should be unity, but it's got to be based on truth. And if there's error, we need to point each each other in the right direction. We can't compromise the truth. It's the compromise of the truth that is bringing the East upon us. And we will see great battle and great destruction. Now, upon the conclusion of the great battle after the millennium, Gog and Magog, there will be great judgment. After the millennial reign of our Lord here on earth with the saints, there will be one very Short last war called Gog and Magog. There's another battle that is fought where the Lord leads uh, before the millennium, which is called Armageddon. So here we see that there is war before and after the millennium, just as there is a a resurrection before and after the millennium. Revelation 28 through 9, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. So it's going to be a very short battle. Uh, This is after the millennial reign of Christ. But then we see that there will be a great judgment at the white throne. And here there will be a second resurrection of all who are not in Christ, those who are dead and not in Christ. Verse 11 and 13, Revelation 20, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things and were, that were written, in the books, according to the works, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell were delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to the works. So clearly there is this resurrection for this judgment. This is the final judgment, where it will be pronounced that death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. Revelation twenty fourteen and 15, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now this great battle, this great judgment, uh, will occur clearly after the millennial reign of Christ. Now there is an eschatological end times doctrine called post-millennialism that preaches and teaches that Satan is bound and that we are currently in this millennial period, this 1,000-year period, that Jesus Christ is ruling with a rod of iron. 
Yet we read in verse Revelation 21 and 2, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Now I read this. Now I read this where there is not one ounce of my spiritual fiber that believes that Satan is bound today. Not one ounce of spiritual fiber believes that we are living in the 1,000-year millennial reign of Christ. Yet every single fiber in my body knows that Jesus Christ rules this world as, as governor of the nations, just not currently with the rod of iron that will come. Believe me, you will know when it's here. How can anyone believe that the nations are not currently under deception? Not only are the nations deceived, the strong delusion grows, which is indicated by the fact that there are those who teach that the nations are not deceived. Revelation 23, And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled and after that he must be loosed a little season. So clearly the nations are deceived. And if we are in the millennium, where are the martyred saints, the ones who refused the mark of the beast in Revelation 24? And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands and lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So here we see martyred saints who then uh, reign with Christ for a, a thousand years. So what happened to the market of the beast that supposedly already occurred? When did this, how did history miss this one is my question. Now, before the millennium, there is another resurrection called the first resurrection. But let's first go back to the story of David, Nathan, and David's child that died. Uh, David, he knew he would see his child again at this resurrection. This is where we understand the doctrine of the age of accountability. David stated that he would see his child again. Therefore, every single child that is aborted, we know, is with God. This age of accountability seems to be different based on a child's mental capability to accept Christ or not. There are, very, there are many children who are mentally handicapped who cannot conceive or be able to respond to the knowledge of Christ. They're, they're just so mentally incapable and I believe this is this age of accountability covers this area as well. Second Samuel twelve twenty three. But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him. So here we see when we're resurrected, the saints, all those who are dead in Christ, are resurrected. Uh, we will be brought together. And he says, but he shall not return to me. So the resurrection was not going to uh, navigate around uh, David himself, it was, this resurrection is going to navigate around Christ at his second coming. So clearly this first resurrection is uh, the rapture at the second coming of Christ. All saints will meet our Lord in the air. 
Revelation 25 through 6, but the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in this first resurrection. And such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So here we see that this millennial reign is after the second coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life as the first fruits. Now, as for our resurrection, all those whose physical bodies are asleep in the grave will be resurrected at the second coming of Christ. Again, this is known as the first resurrection. We see this also in 1 Corinthians 15, 23, but every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, knowing that he's the resurrection and the life, and afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. So here we see it's clearly at the second coming of Christ. So now you know how that the end of time events, that if they are out of order, they can trigger behavior and doctrines such as dominion theft that we see even today among those who call themselves Christians who are out of order with their teaching. Revelation 26, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Praise be to his holy name. But until then, it's obvious that Satan and his armies are loose but the good news is is that satan and his armies obviously lose and he knows that his time is short revelation 20:10 and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever so until then my friends understand this we must seek the lord humbly knowing that we do not know all things, knowing that we may have some things out of order. We must be prepared to repent of these things as God gives us rebuke, understanding, and knowledge. We also must understand that the Lord takes away and that the Lord gives. We must accept his will, blessing or judgment regardless. Second Samuel twelve twenty four, and David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went unto her and lay with her, and she bare a son and called his name Solomon, and the Lord loved him. So we see that even amidst the darkness, the disorder, that good can come out of it. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Even when we mess up, we know that life is not easy. Just may we not complicate it even more with our own willful sin or by thinking that we can take matters into our own hands. We must seek the Lord in all things. We must trust in him. Psalm 77, 1-4, I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remember God. And was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah, thou holdest my eyes walking. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. Let us not attempt to take the power and dominion of God, my friends. Let us fully submit 
to it as David did. Fully submit to God's power and dominion. As the psalmist, as we see his submission that is followed by praise. Praise to the Lord, Psalm 77, 14. Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Psalm 77. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah, thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with my own heart and my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever? and Will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercy, Selah? And I said, this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also all of thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great as God is our God? Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Thou hast with thy arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. The waters saw thee, O God, the waters saw thee. They were afraid. The depths also were troubled. The clouds poured out water. The sky sent out sound. Thy arrows also went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook. The way is in the sea, and thy path in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. Thou lettest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. I pray that this episode of Gospel was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.